forever. Dog. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and Marvel movie fan. <laughs> oh, finally! Years after I tried. I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and I am Iron Man. <laughs> I've always liked the Marvel movies, but I've, I've been watching more of them recently. So now I feel like I under... And I finally watched Infinity War and Endgame. So now I feel like very hip and with it. Yeah, but I remember when you didn't really know anything about it, and you were upset because you wanted them to be magicians and aliens? Yes. I don't like my superheroes to not have superpowers. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't think that that's too much to ask. Okay, so my absolute favorite is Iron Man, and you would hate, you hate it. He's not a superhero. (gasps) Your favorite (laughs) is um, Doctor Strange, right? (laughs) I love Doctor Strange. I love um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I love mutants. <laughs> I love X-Men. <laughs> that shit is so interesting well, to it's, me. I really enjoy it. It's an allegory it. for eugenics. I know. And, and Magneto's whole backstory about being a Holocaust survivor, I find fascinating. I know. That's why I think it's so great. But I also think that I have to say, and I might get slaughtered for this, I feel like in Infinity War... <laughs> I Especially. love how relevant this is. I love how we are. You know what? You're on JBU. We are on the pulse. We are on the zeitgeist. I feel like they didn't utilize their powers well. No. Like they're so powerful and they kept like fucking up. Like why wasn't Doctor Strange just like sending Thanos through those holes of time constantly, constantly getting him lost in that? Why wasn't the fucking Wanda like just like making him freeze? Like Wanda, I feel like could have done a lot more than she did. The problem with giving superheroes these infinite powers is that it doesn't, and without limitations, is that there's no consistency and it doesn't make sense when they can't. They have to like go out of their way to explain why they couldn't possibly save this scenario or whatever. But they didn't explain. No, they didn't. Anyway, can I tell you a story about Tom Holland? In that scene, he goes, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And that was not in the script. But when he's motivating himself for his scenes, he'll repeat one phrase over and over in his mind. They did takes with it silent, which is what it was supposed to be. And then they said, say it out loud what you're thinking while you're dying. And then he just said, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And it was so heartbreaking. They used that as the footage. Devastating. Devastating. And you know what else is devastating? (laughs) This show, Just Between Us, is a variety show filled with heartful advice, ridiculous games, and brutal honesty. I love how often the Marvel Universe comes up for us and we just, at, at each time... It's it's born anew. <laughs> well, that's my personal evolution with it. My relationship to it is constantly changing. And you know what else is changing? The format of this podcast. Because we used to come at you once a week on Wednesdays with a very long episode. Yeah. And now we're coming at you twice a week on Wednesdays and Fridays, probably also with long episodes. <laughs> yeah, so JBU is going two times a week. Very exciting. The Wednesday episode is going to be international question topics. And then on Friday, we're going to have our interview with an intro and hypotheticals. And also there's going to be two chances for people to rate this show at the end of the show. (laughs) So basically, uh, the episodes, as Allison said, we're getting longer. And so we want to split them up and give you a taste of us on two days of the week. And I mean, basically, you're welcome. And now when when we ramble, it's okay. <laughs> exactly. We can keep <laughs> we can keep more of the chatter that we love to have. And we could address more things too. I think so. And one of the things we'd love to address is how important it is for you guys to to rate us and leave us reviews. Please. And how much we love it. So much that we're going to share some of our favorite reviews. 
Do you have one ready, Gabby? Well, first of all, I want to say, I'm sure you all are on the edge of your seat about what happened to Allison's turtle, Teresa. And um, (laughs) the comments on that YouTube video have been so funny. People have said that she disappeared into the hypotheticals universe. People have said that she was an alien. If you missed that episode, basically, my family had a pet turtle that no one remembers other than my older sister. My older sister says that the turtle just just got lost in the house one day. Yeah. Which doesn't really make any sense, but we have no other explanation. Yeah. So we've been searching for justice for Teresa. So I just want to say, like, I read all of your YouTube comments and all of your Instagram comments, and they are so funny and they absolutely kill me. Um, So thank you so much for those. I also made a graphic of um, Allison's turtle being interviewed for Dateline. And you guys had such funny jokes under that, too. So they really bring me joy. So thank you. And when it comes to like leaving reviews on like Apple Podcasts, that actually really helps us get the show out to more people. So you are doing us a mitzvah if you're able to leave a review or rate the show. Five stars. And Five then ju- stars and to then specify. Ju- and then just write, <laughs> Allison is smart, Gabby is hot. That's all you need to write. Just write that and then give us five stars. That's enough. Or you could just write, Melissa's my favorite. We'll take yeah. either of those options. <laughs> as long as there's an influx of reviews and you give us five stars. If you want to write like a heartfelt review, God bless Even you. better. Yeah. This comment was left by Annie Jordan 6 entitled, Wow, Talking the Talk and Walking the Walk. Oh. I've been listening to JBU since the beginning podcast days, but I've always been too lazy to leave a review. However, my most recent listen about an international question with OCD made me rush to give these awesome ladies five stars. I got to listen as Gabby and Allison address OCD conflicts within their own friendship and handle it with grace. Love to hear it. Keep it up, friends. So if you're like Annie and this whole time you've been listening and thinking, I like this show, but not enough to leave a review, maybe today will change your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also shout out to our discords. Uh, They're linked in our at JBU podcast Instagram. If you go there, you can find the link to Allison's Discord and my Discord. And also, Allison has a secret Discord. Yeah, if you sign up for my Emotional Support Lady Patreon, um, part of the perks is getting a Discord, which has become a really cool mental health community on there. Uh, let's get to the show. Okay, okay. Uh, enough about us. Let's oh, get to the show. one more thing. Can I say one more thing? I guess. GabbyDunn.com slash shop has merch. So go there and uh, there's merch for the show. And uh, I, me and my sister are personally mailing them and, ha- and handling the merch. So uh, we're, we're doing it. Deli- like door-to-door delivery. You know what I mean? Hand service. Yeah. Ga- if you order something, Gabby will show up at your door. <laughs> despite quarantine, despite the distance, she will be there. I'll be there. I'll be in a banana costume. I'll sing to you and I'll hand you some merch. <laughs> We should do that at least once a year where somebody orders merch <laughs> that actually wins. happens. Yeah. Someone wins. Oh, that'd be really funny. <laughs> We've got a great episode for you guys today. We're going to be discussing all about narrative therapy in our topic section. Mm-hmm. And when we return from break, we're going to be answering a listener's question. So make sure you stick around. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you all about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature and mylifeinabook.com compiles all her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. 
This is your chance to give her a way to share them. Right before I found out about this project, my mom made an offhand comment about wanting to write a memoir because she had such a wild childhood and there are all these things she's never really talked to us about. But asking someone to sit down and write a memoir is kind of daunting. So then I got her mylifeinabook.com and now she's getting prompts to answer on a weekly basis and it's a lot easier than just undertaking an entire memoir. I'm so excited to see what my mom does with mylifeinabook.com because she's someone who doesn't always feel comfortable just sharing about herself but having these prompts and knowing that I really want to hear her answers is going to inspire her to probably share more with me about her life and her upbringing than I've ever been shared with before so I'm so excited for that. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code just between us at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code just between us for 10% off today. Hi everyone, Allison here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books, and that is why I'm so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box, and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment and she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out and she's, she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it. So much. So, if you want to take part in Book of the Month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. Just between us. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time to. Hit it! International question! International question! International question! Ashley, Adelaide. Okay. Australia. <laughs> In case you didn't know, like me, five minutes ago. Anyway, <laughs> Ashley's TLDR says, should I continue to be friends with my friend's ex? Mm. Hello, Miss Raskin and Miss Dunn. I'm Ashley from Adelaide. My friend has just broken up with her boyfriend last week, but back when they were dating, we three were super close. Originally, I didn't plan to keep in close contact with the ex-boyfriend, but last night he called and cried and said he does not know what to do and he does not know who to talk to. I feel bad and don't know if we should be this close anymore. Any advice? Love, Ashley. Okay, so it depends on how they broke up. And like what the breakup was about. And two, I mean, it's not, it doesn't sound like it was just your friend's boyfriend. It sounds like you guys had your own friendship, but I would perhaps check with the friend because I don't know how close you are to the original friend. Yeah. So I actually picked this question because it's something I've been dealing with in my own life currently, where historically I have actually stayed friends with people I've met through my exes and, and two of my like closest friends are from my relationship with Dan. Mm -hmm. And I've stayed friends with someone I met through John and, you know, and those friendships like mean a lot to me and, and are awesome. But I think that what really matters with this situation, like Abby alluded to, is the context. Mm -hmm. So now moving forward and my engagement ending the way that it did, it feels kind of different to stay in touch with people I met through him mm. and to know that he's still in their lives too. Mm -hmm. Because for me, 
what happened was not a normal breakup. Right, right. Um, I don't feel like I was treated with respect. I feel like I was in a lot of ways, maybe emotionally abused um, through the abandonment. And so it feels like very different to maintain friendships with people who are who are still friends with him. <laughs> yeah. sense. And, it, and it sucks so much because I love these people and I don't blame them at all because like absolutely like their relationship with him is closer than their relationship with me mm-hmm. and they know him first. And like it's it's not like whatever. And, I, and at first I really thought that I would be able to maintain those friendships and it's something I really wanted to work on. But now I'm realizing that like, I don't know if I can have someone in my life who has a relationship with someone who hurt me that much. Yeah. And so it's really been difficult. And I don't I don't really even know how to talk about it. I I, I honestly haven't even known how to talk about it with them. It's mm-hmm. something like I'm, I'm dealing with and I plan to bring up with my therapist because this stuff is really tough because that's the thing about relationships. It's not something that just goes on between two people. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of you you lose so much like i lost a family yeah i mean his family i considered my family he had a niece and nephew who i considered my niece and nephew yes, who i will right. now never see again mm-hmm. you know and like i was very close with that little girl and now i've disappeared from her life mm-hmm. and so there is like so much fallout to these ends of of romantic relationships that that goes so much wider and so, I, again, I think it, it really is context and it's also involves conversations with whoever y- your primary relationship was with. Mm-hmm. Right. So in this case, like the primary relationship was with the, the main friend, I think a, the main a girl, I think a girl. Right. And so now it's it's like you like Abby said, like you have to have that conversation being like. I had formed this relationship with your ex. Like we have become friends. Um, I would like to continue that friendship, but I also know that like my history is with you. I want to respect your boundaries. Like it's a, just like an opportunity to to have communication, um, even if that communication is really tough. It depends too on the maturity or the point of view of the female friend, because mm-hmm. if she's someone who's like, no, everyone who's ever hurt me is dead to you. <laughs> then like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a different personality type versus someone who would just be like, yeah, I don't know. That really has nothing to do with me. So, I mean, I had a, a friend breakup and I saw recently a friend of mine who I'd introduced them commented under her Instagram and they like had like a little uh, banter. And mm-hmm. I was like, I had a moment of like, oh, good for you. Good for you that you got to stay friends with this person who I fucking introduced you to. Like, good for fucking you. And then I was like, no, it's not about me. They have their own friendship. It's fine. But I did have a moment of like, oh, I'm glad you got what you wanted from this friendship, which was just like more networking with other people. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But again, that's a context, right? Because if like you had just happened to fall out of touch with that mutual friend, then it doesn't really matter that they kept being friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus if somebody hurt you. That's um, yeah. It's really kind of different. You know, like I'm like, you know, two of my my closest friends are are Tony and Sarah, who I met through Dan. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that Dan ever really cared that, Mm -hmm. that like we remained friends, you know, because like we'd established this relationship while we were together neither of us ever asked them to pick sides. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was obviously a a lot of, like, you know, we're never invited to the same thing. I was gonna say, so how does it work of, like, talking about each other, you know? Like, how do you feel if you're, like, when it first happened, like, talking about Dan to to her as she's your friend? Well, I was definitely, I mean, as we all know, with my relationship with Dan, I wasn't at my best self. Um, So I would definitely like needle her for information about him. And so that is something, right? So Mm -hmm. if you, if if your entire relationship with this guy is him just talking about his relationship with your friend and wanting information about your friend, then that's not really a friendship. No, if you you guys are like playing video games together or like you enjoy going to like an ice cream place and you talk about work or whatever, like that or like his family or something, that's a real friendship. But if it's he just wants to talk to you about this girl, then then you're not like actually friends outside of her. Right. And it's not serving anyone. Yeah. You know, because like friendships are meant to like enhance your life. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a way to look at it, too. Right. So how much good stuff does this person bring to your life? Mm-hmm. And that can kind of be a way to, to if, if it's like, 
oh, we like kind of get along, like whatever. And then it's going to upset your friend that you're still talking to their ex. Mm -hmm. Then maybe that's something you let go. But if you've like developed a really deep friendship and neither party in the romantic relationship acted in any sort of like cruel or abusive way, then I think it's worth kind of fighting for. It's worth seeing if you can navigate that, if that's okay. I could see a world where the girl is like, I can't believe you would even ask me that. Which will tell you something about your friend. I think it also really depends who left who. Mm -hmm. If your original friend is the person who made the decision to break up, then I think there's a much higher chance that you could maintain a friendship with their ex Mm -hmm. and have it be kosher. But if your friend is the friend who got dumped, then I think it is a lot trickier to Mm -hmm. maintain that relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Because then you're hanging out with this person who maybe they didn't do it in a cruel way, but who still, you know, caused this person heartache. Yeah. I had a very um, volatile relationship in college, which I've talked about. But uh, me and my best friend lived in a house with a guy that I dated on and off pretty much all of college. We would break up and Mm -hmm. get back together. And um, the three of us were like the three musketeers, like super close. It was hard because we were young and like I didn't really have the language for it. And neither did my neither did she. And there's a lot of alcohol and drugs going on or whatever. But it was like a domestic violence situation, which was not even private. Certain things happened that were violent that happened in front of people. Then I think everyone was just in the situation was just so young and like did not really know mm-hmm. what to do with that. And so the whole relationship was framed by almost everyone in my life as like the two of you are just toxic together. You're just toxic. You get break up, you get back together. You guys are just toxic versus like I'm being trigger warning, whatever, but I'm being dragged down a hallway by my arm. When he and I finally split up, which I think was like, mutual ish she stayed friends with him and she continued to see him and hang out with him and I again didn't really have the language so I like didn't know why it bothered me so much and there were friends of mine less close to me than her that did stop talking to him and like he wasn't invited to a wedding of a friend of mine and I was like why didn't you invite him and this friend was like because he was abusive and I, I was like oh, wow, like that, I hadn't even framed it that way. Um, And I felt like so grateful and so moved that this person would not invite this other person to to his wedding because he cared for me. Whereas this other person that I was much closer to, who was like my Mm -hmm. best female friend at the time, was still hanging out with him. And she was one of like three people who also knew that he had sent me to the hospital one time. So I didn't talk to her for like 10 years. And she, at at the time, she was like, I don't want to get in the middle. She was like, our whole friendship, I've never gotten the middle of you guys. I've never gotten the middle of your breakups. You've broken up so many times. I'm friends with you both and I'm neutral. Mm -hmm. And she would just keep being like, I'm, you know, and she maintained, she wanted to, I mean, she maintained a friendship with me. She came to visit me and stuff like she wanted to. And I just was so confused but I didn't have the language for like why it bothered me. And I didn't want to be uncool. I didn't want to be unchill. Like I didn't want to be the person who was like, you can't be friends. Like I wanted to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm breezy. I'm not a problem. Problem. Not me. And so it took, but then it took a toll, like without even really discussing the whole situation, we just like, didn't talk for like 10 years, really. Mm -hmm. Or at least like eight years. And then I have since like let her back in my life and like hang out with her and stuff. And we're like friends, but we've, I don't think we've really ever addressed it. Oh, really? She, she's not friends with him anymore. And like slowly over time, he revealed himself in ways that all of these friends from college, eventually he'd had a last straw for all of them. And so eventually Mm. they've all fallen away from him over time. His behavior has maintained in a way that like everyone has fallen out of touch with him. And then she has as well. We, I think we touched on it briefly once. I think it's like we were just really young. We were 20. I mean, we were 20, maybe even 20. I was like 21. I think it's complicated because you if you're the girlfriend, you don't want to seem uncool. You don't want to tell someone what they can do or not do. But your friend might make the decision that she doesn't trust you as much 
she doesn't want to be as close to you. Or, you know, like it could affect deep. Cause I think this, this girl and I lost like eight years of friendship because I was just like, I, I don't think I can, I didn't feel comfortable all of a sudden. I was like, I don't think I can trust you. Well, again, I think that's why context matters Mm -hmm. so much. So like, this is one of those questions where it is not one size fits all at all. Right. It is very much like instance to instance. And I think that it's interesting coming from the point of view of, of the friend. But I also think this is a helpful question coming from the point of view of one of the people in the relationship. Mm-hmm. If your friend ever does come to you and ask if they can stay in touch with your ex and how mm-hmm. you feel about that. I, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying I wish I had been honest. Well, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. I think like I really regret not being honest about it. So if you are the person that Allison's talking about, like, learn from my regret and like, definitely do be honest. And I think that that honesty can look a lot of different ways depending on what the situation is. So the honesty might be this person deeply hurt me and I won't feel like I trust anyone who would keep them in their lives. Yes. Or the honesty could be, I totally get that this might be an unreasonable request. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being honest with myself, it does make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I know that my ex is a great person and I know that you guys have a good friendship. But at least for me right now, it it, it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really appreciate you talking to me about this. And yeah, if I'm being honest, like I know that maybe that makes me immature. Maybe that means mm-hmm. I'm not healed enough. But for right now, it just doesn't sit right with me. Like, I'll let you know when I feel like yeah, you know, and it can. And that's the other thing is it doesn't need to be a decision that's final, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways that like when relationships end, a lot of times people will stop talking and then maybe reconnect as friends a few months or a few years later. Mm-hmm. That could potentially also happen. You know, maybe by the time your friend is in a new relationship, she's more comfortable with you being in touch with her ex or, mm-hmm. you know, if some time has gone by, it might not be be as weird or Mm -hmm. unsettling for her but I I think it is this like taboo topic I know but I think it is really important to like actively address and I think as the boyfriend I think like Allison said you should maintain on high alert what he's talking to you about Mm -hmm. is he calling you to to get like pity you know what I mean one of the reasons why I realized that I couldn't maintain these friendships is I realized that I was actively trying to show them how much he hurt me oh that I was like do you see what he did like do you Mm -hmm. understand what happened like this is crazy right like this is this is like not okay right you know and like I and I was like oh if I'm trying to like convince this person of something yeah then I'm not I'm not being healthy the relationship's not healthy like it's bringing out a side of me that I don't like and like also if you're like well, what does he think he did? Like, what does he say happened? What does he think? I have never done that. Yeah. I haven't done that. I have not once asked how he's doing. Um, not I'm even how he's for. doing, but like, how is he telling the story? Because everyone tells a story to make themselves look good. So like, you know what I mean? Well, we'll get to that in topics. But, okay. um, <laughs> you know, and so I could tell that it was bringing up unhealthy behavior in me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's the other thing. It's like we got to like constantly be monitoring it and that these dynamics change that, you know, I also noticed with like with like Sarah, who I knew through Dan, like I had to stop asking about mm-hmm. him. You know, it took me years, but mm-hmm. I got to a point where I like did stop asking about him. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm like really glad that I did. It's like constantly in flux. You might feel one thing one way and then realize, oh, actually I feel this way now. And so mm-hmm. having that communication, but it is hard. Like, I don't know what to say. To, oh, to and them. in the queer community, <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare. I'm many people that I'm close to that I introduced my my ex to are still friends with them. And mm. so it, it did come in handy one time because Mal and I were looking for places to live and we found a nice place that was like, I was like, this is on their street. And so, but I was like, maybe they moved. I don't know. So I like texted a mutual friend, like, does this person still live at this address? And they were like, they do. And I was like, we can't live here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I I know that's not like, oh, one size fits all. But again, it's just like it's like checking in with yourself. It's taking into account the context. It's it's looking at what that relationship slash friendship really is. Mm -hmm. 
and not beating yourself up for, you know, like I could beat myself up about the fact that like, I'm not able to maintain these friendships anymore, but I'm realizing that like, I have to prioritize my own healing. And also I'm not asking them to fucking pick sides. No, I don't think that's appropriate. No, I'm just taking myself out of the equation. Um, if you want to submit your international question and have us open up way too much about our own lives, <laughs> please submit it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Up next, we're going to have topics. We're going to be talking about narrative therapy. Just between us, it's time for topics. X X X X X X X baby, baby. Okay, so what is narrative therapy? I assume this came from one of your classes. <laughs> yeah, so part of what I'm learning in school is like all these different theoretical orientations, which is like all these different approaches to to therapy. So like we've talked about some before, like CBT, uh, DBT psychodynamic which is more like ymca (laughs) uh, nato Uh, it was really interesting because in one of my classes this week one of the students sort of asked like how do i know like what like orientation i should practice you know like how do i know like what's best for me oh and my professor was like honestly kind of like when it feels right like when you are learning about it and it feels like oh okay this makes sense to me this feels right to me this feels like in line with my values and my personality and that really kind of happened for me when I was learning about narrative therapy oh, okay well what what is it I'm just not an expert in it at all and there's elements to it that are like more complicated than what we're going to get into but like the, the basic premise of it is like what story are you telling yourself And they also really do a good job of separating the problem from the person. So this is like an example of like how the the story you tell yourself is so influential. Instead of being like a problematic individual, Mm -hmm. you are an individual with problems. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. do you see how like even that like subtle shift of language, it really makes it seem a lot easier to change to get in a better situation to have your life be more like how you want it to be what's well, humanizing and it probably yeah. is a good way of looking at other people because right i think we've become inundated a bit with like this person is a bad person and yeah. then you want to go well why what did they do and oftentimes when someone says that to me and i'm like i'm like googling trying to figure out like why why this person is a bad person i would much rather be like this person said this or this person needs to work on being less prejudiced or something. You know what I mean? Like rather than a sweeping sort of thing, because then you can get to the root of fixing it. Well, also not even just getting to the root, but it feels fixable. It feels fixable. Because again, like you have problematic behaviors. Mm -hmm. And what are they? Versus being a problem person. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So what do you do if parsing out, and it's going to probably be bad, but right, like someone's a Trump supporter. You're parsing out. I don't want to talk about this in terms of other people. This is something you do for yourself. So I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's about what is your story. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I think you should parse out what that means, which is racist or which is like (laughs) classist or which is, you know, sexist. Like, let's get to the root of what what's what is the what is the real thing that's happening for you? But that is an element of this, too, is like getting getting to the to the root of it of like, you know, I'm not an angry person. It's more like what what things make you angry. Okay. Sort of. And like another really big shift is like, you know, seeing yourself as a hero versus seeing yourself as a victim or as a villain or do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Another element of it also is like this idea that there is like no objective reality Mm. that like and we talk about this a lot, right? That like two people can have very different views on the same thing. Mm -hmm. And instead of like fighting, fighting, fighting to get to like, quote, unquote, the truth, it's more like, okay, what is your version of reality? Mm -hmm. How do we, you know, and accepting that version and then moving forward with that version Mm -hmm. sort of. Yes. I mean, I, in terms of like hero, villain and victim, like I feel I'm all three. Like, I feel like (laughs) I I feel like in any story now, like looking back, most stories I can be like, 
okay, I was good here. Um, mm-hmm. This person hurt me here. And then I was very bad here. My dad tells stories where like, he'll be like, and I did this and I did that. And then when I've said this, the other person always has a stupid voice. And he'll be like, well, I said this very reasonable thing. And then the other person was like, no, I hate that. Whatever. And I'm like, I don't think that's what happened. Like, I think I think it's not that like you are great and the other person sucked every time. So right. like, <laughs> it's really allowed me to think about like my own, you know, or I'm like, well, I'm I'm a righteous person. So I, I'm always the hero of the story. And when I see other people doing that, either making themselves always the hero, always the victim or always the villain. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. trust. I don't trust you. There is like an element of like, oh, this seems like this is like very self-serving and mm-hmm. that like you could sort of twist everything so that you always come out on top. Um, and that's really not the point. It's more just like figuring out what stories align with like your values mm-hmm. and your skills and how to then like enhance your life instead of like letting yourself not go to graduate school because maybe you didn't do great in undergrad. Mm-hmm. And so your story that you tell yourself is like, I'm not a, I'm a terrible, I'm mm-hmm. a terrible student. Maybe it's like at that time in my life when I was 21 and my brain wasn't fully developed and I was in a fraternity and I was partying all the time and I didn't even like my major. I wasn't invested in my schoolwork. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now if I go to a graduate program about something I really care about and I have matured and I this is something I want versus something I feel like I have to do, mm-hmm. maybe now I'll I'll really enjoy school. Yes. Or like you know? I'm a bad test taker. And it's like, well, what kind of test? Well, also it can be I'm a bad test taker and therefore I'm stupid. Oh, yeah. And so then it's 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 pulling back and it's saying, okay, so who's telling you that? Mm-hmm. Who is telling you that being a bad test taker equates with being stupid? Mm-hmm. And is there a possibility that that's not true? Yes. Yeah, you know? there was a lot of, I mean, my sister had ADHD. She couldn't sit still in class. So every teacher was like, you're dumb. Right. And then she just internalized that. But like, she's not dumb. Right. I think a lot of it is like <laughs> breaking down these like internalized messages that we've taken in that aren't serving us mm-hmm. and aren't true in our reality but we believe it's true mm-hmm. you know like what um, like what ones do you have I mean I still definitely feel like if I'm not super skinny then therefore I'm not as attractive as I am when I'm super skinny <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like that's that is like probably been like my hardest thing to work through um, and I get why because of my family <laughs> um, and the Girl. messaging that I'm taking from my family constantly. What is um, my mom is fucking obsessed with dieting. Yeah. Obsessed. Mm-hmm. There's a really great podcast called Maintenance Phase that is all about like the lies of diet culture and mm-hmm. the lies of like they have an amazing episode about snack wells. And it's just like you realize how much you grew up with. Oh, yeah. And that like, I am still hearing, (laughs) like coming back here, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, because none of my friends talk that way. Exactly. But it's, it's very relevant here. And so that's like been definitely a story. Like, I definitely like still carry the story that like, I'm not, I'm not physically attractive. And so now I carry this story of like, oh, I was physically attractive from from like 23 to 28, but not anymore. Let, me, t- let me, me tell you, though, <laughs> let me tell you, though, at that time, you did not feel that you did not feel because because your brain is like so built in with this false narrative from fucking Jewish mothers who are just like, I mean, I. Like I told you, it's not just it's not just my mom. I'd say it's my family at large. Yeah. Which is like and it's so hard to to break out of because it becomes a narrative. Right. Where Mm -hmm. it's like, well, and then what? And then you're not attractive. And then what? And then you don't deserve love. And then what? And then you know what I mean? It keeps like it keeps going and going. Mm hmm. Well, I remember when I was a little kid and I was and I grew out my bangs or something or I was growing out my hair. And my dad was like, no, little girls should have, I don't know, he was drunk, but he was like, little girls should have like little girl haircuts or whatever. And like, wouldn't, wouldn't let me like have like a short haircut or like, wouldn't let me not have like the little girl sort of Mm -hmm. like whatever. And like, you know, just like internalize that where you're like, and then I won't be cute and then I won't be safe and then I won't be loved. Like it just keeps like going and going and going. I also think that like, you know, dealing with my abandonment 
and not necessarily having clear answers. And, you know, I wrote on my Patreon blog about the fact that like, I'm, I'm trying really hard to not obsess about figuring out the answers. And then I'm accepting the fact that like, I'll never really know. They do think there is an element there where it helps me to have a story of what happened mm-hmm. and getting, getting back to objective reality and the fact that it doesn't exist. I have no idea if my story is true. Right. I'll, I'll never know if my story is true, but it helps my brain to have a story that I tell myself of what happened. Yeah. And it's, it's been interesting for people to try to tell me what that story is. Mm-hmm. And so many people are telling me, oh, this is for the best. This would have happened no matter what. Thank God you weren't married yet. Thank God you didn't have kids yet. Thank God, you know, this is, you're you're going to learn so much from this. This is going to be so great for you in the long run. Or even that like empowering thing of like, he just couldn't handle like your success and what a strong woman you are. Nobody said that, but. <laughs> but that's a narrative that happens. That's like a narrative yeah. that people, straight people say. I've heard straight people say it. Yeah. But like I, none of that feels true to me. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like my story. Mm-hmm. My story feels much more like I, I believe. And I, again, I have absolutely no idea if this is right, mm-hmm. but I believe that this would not have happened if not for quarantine and the added anxiety and stressors that came with quarantine and COVID-19. I I don't think that it would have happened in any other situation. Again, I have absolutely no idea if that is true. But that story serves me. It helps me accept what happens. It helps me not go back and question, why did I ever get together with this person? Uh How did I not see this coming from a mile away? Like, it, it really soothes me and helps me. And another element that's really helped me is like uh, something that I have hated, hated hearing from people is this is a lesson you needed. No, you really no. You know This is like you're really going to grow from this. No. And like to me, I already did that growth. Like I had to do it and it was necessary, but I had already done that growth before I met him. And this was not a lesson that I needed to learn. Why do people but, say that but, about fucking tragedy? Someone's like, oh, you have cancer. Well, you're really going to learn a lesson. Like, <laughs> fuck off. But like, I think I think that that can often be true with with romantic relations if you haven't done that work. But I had already done that work. But something that really helped me in terms of forming my story of what happened is my therapist said to me, maybe you didn't need this lesson, but maybe he did. Ah, you know, Ooh. and like the moment that she said that, I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm the main character in my story, but I'm not the main character in life, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so in this instance, I might have been a, a learning device for him, you know, and now I have to go back on my journey and whatever. And it fucking sucks that I had to fill that role in his life. But we all fill roles in each other's lives. And, you know, and so I've been really constructing what story serves me mm-hmm. and it, and it's not even about villainizing him right i, I don't right, right. i don't think that my story does villainize him yeah i think it is like a, a reality that that works well with my values it's a reality that makes me not feel like an idiot for having gotten myself in that situation sure um and so it's been this interesting exploration that like and I think in the past, I would have been obsessed about whether or not that was true. Well, it, do you think um, it lends you empathy for him? Yeah. Yeah. By deciding that I'm just going to accept this as my story versus fixating on is my story true, which yeah. of course is like what my OCD and anxiety want to do. I'm able to to heal faster, I think, than mm-hmm. like going back over to being like, do you see, like sometimes I do that with my mom late at night, but I'll be like, do you see how this and this and this point to this? And so this must be, you know, but like at the end of the day, I'm just going to choose to believe that this is what happened in my life and then move forward from there. It protects yourself. Yeah. It protects yourself. The human mind wants to make things make sense. It wants to put things in order. It wants and to... And I'm sure yeah. that the story that he's telling himself serves him. You know? Sure. And that's human nature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, this is not like a, a thing to say that you have to like completely separate yourself from reality and you can like... No, 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 no. Do whatever you want and then tell yourself that what you did was great. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I wasn't taking it like that. 
Yeah. Okay, good. I just didn't want that to seem like the message. <laughs> no, I've definitely learned how to not do that from my parents because I think they did all of it. Uh, although it is interesting. I will say they, they're not boring people. Um, <laughs> but I have had to do that. And it's given me empathy for people. Like I'm mm-hmm, much definitely. less, I'm much less angry at people I was angry at because let's say, especially in relationships, because I'm like, I understand even with my dad, like even with my dad's like addictions and and problems, like if you go back into his childhood, like I get it, dude. Like Mm -hmm. I, I understand that your narrative, your whole life was, I am not worth anything. And so to think that for your whole life, like, of course, of course you overcompensate. Like, he had this idea of himself as a fuck up starting very young. I mean, he was a very talented writer, but like he got into all of these really good colleges and his stepdad was like, I'm not sending you to these. You're just going to fail out. And then he went to UF and he did fail out. But like right. what's what came first, the chicken or the egg? And so I think maybe then in, in narrative therapy, it's, it's like about then being like, maybe my stepdad was wrong. Right. And you've been telling yourself the whole time that, my, you know, that like he knew better because he was my father figure and, yeah, my dad and he still was thinks older, that. whatever. But like, what if instead you go, he was a person with opinions and his opinion was just an opinion and it wasn't even true, <laughs> you know? My dad's like 75 and he's still like, well, I guess he was right. Right. Melissa, <sighs> well, you want to come in and, and share your thoughts on all this? I have questions. I'm just still like wrapping my head around it. So it's like, reasoning Mm. about why things happen in your life right kind of yeah so like if you if you tell yourself like with like with gabby it's like oh my dad was is a is a selfish reckless person instead it's maybe saying yeah it's saying well maybe he acted selfishly he acted recklessly so again it's like externalizing the problem and the problematic Mm -hmm. behaviors from the person yeah Mm -hmm. he's a good person he's not like a bad person um, yeah. He just had like a real rough go of it. Yeah, so considering who, the circumstances. Yeah, I was going to say it's not who the person is, but the circumstances yeah. that created mm-hmm, the actions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. It's well, interesting, right? It is very interesting. What's like an example of how this would be used in therapy? Hmm, again, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not like, I, but if I if I were to guess, like if I were to do it to like the ways that I've done it to myself, like again, my narrative could have been, I am unlovable. Mm-hmm. And that is why my fiance left me. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm choosing my narrative to be, there was a lot of extenuating circumstances due to a global pandemic, civil unrest, and a huge change in lifestyle that ultimately led my fiance to believe that he would be better off without me. Okay. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Do you see how those are so different? I do. But and then also like there it's it's always a choice about how you view. I think so. What what if like somebody chooses to view a situation in the way that they see it, but it's not the actual truth? Then that's problematic. But again, I guess it's sort of like what's the end result, you know? So if the end Mm -hmm. result is like this view of this story allows me to not tear myself down mm-hmm. it allows me to continue to to look for a partner because i believe that i deserve that mm-hmm. um and it is aligned with my values because it's it's not me assuming that everyone is out to hurt me mm-hmm. but if it's like you actively hurt someone and then you're telling yourself that like you're the hero then that's problematic i i would hope that the therapist wouldn't wouldn't lead you to think that and if you have a tendency to think that then you probably have like some narcissistic or more. You have more, you not not narcissistic, but you have more things to do than just narrative therapy there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I like how well-rounded this episode was because you started talking about superheroes (laughs) and that was a lot of the themes that were in this discussion for topics as well. Whoa, you're right. Very thematic episode. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Melissa, what do you rate it? I'm going to give it a six out of six infinity stones. Oh, <laughs> weren't there seven? I don't know. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's five. Because it's your hand. 
hand. It's his hand. But then there was an extra one. And that's I don't six. know. Maybe it was six. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm an idiot. No, uh, it's you're... Six. I just looked it up as six. Allison's, oh, okay, a, Allison's less, a nerd I'm just now. less informed about the Infinity Stones. <laughs> no, <laughs> Allison, what we need to do is we need to get you a pair of glasses and then we need you to become like, we need to bring in like the sexy nerd audience, like the sort of like, oh, shoot. You bring those people in, not me. You've already got the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I used to I used to court that audience so hard. I had like a sexy dress with comic book heroes on it. And I was like, oh, this old thing. Yeah, we made a YouTube video about that. Uh That was the video where we switched bodies. Anyway, check that out. (laughs) (laughs) I would rate this uh, eight out of out of seven uh, friends with your ex. Mm. This is friend. Mm. friends with your ex's friend (laughs) (laughs) i would rate it 12 out of 11 stories we tell ourselves yeah i think it's an interesting thing to to after this for you guys to go think about the stories that you tell yourselves about your lives and see if maybe they're not true i'm changing all the time baby (laughs) i'm 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 not married to anyone scenario about me I play guitar now. Who who is she? You'll never know. Who are they? You'll never know. Yeah, I'm an enigma. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. It truly is. <laughs> do you feel like you're an enigma to yourself, or no, just to I other do, people? I feel I'm a troll, not in a mean way, but I like to troll people um, because I like to get reactions out of people. I do it on Reddit. I started doing it on Clubhouse and I do it to keep people guessing in real life. I love it. (laughs) Here's the thing is that Melissa is who I think I am. (laughs) That might, there's a lot of truth to that, I would say. Oh, and I've been thinking about happiness and I do get a lot of joy out of trolling people in a positive (laughs) way on Reddit. (laughs) <laughs> and then like so much so that they delete their their like I call people out and then they delete their original comment because they have been proven to be wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love and that. that's the narrative that I have for myself. I'm like a vigilante that's righting the wrongs in the world. <laughs> You're like a social vigilante. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. That's a, the name of your podcast. Social <laughs> vigilante. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> wow. Well, we hope that you guys enjoyed uh, part one of this week of JBU podcast content. Please come back on Friday. We are going to be joined by an incredible guest to talk all about education and how we treat our children and allocate resources. Please uh, give us a rating or a review, as we said in the beginning. Now that we're going to have two episodes a week. Show us some love. (laughs) Just Between Us is a forever dog production hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Produced by social vigilante, (laughs) Melissa D. Monts. (laughs) Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam or youtube.com slash justbetweenusshow. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. And also Instagram for us is at Allison Raskin, at Gabby Road, at Emotional Support Lady, and at JBU Podcast. And and if that's too much, we get it. <laughs> Forever Dog. <laughs>